That smooth Christian jazz you're hearing means you've tuned in to Same Old Song, the lectionary podcast of Mockingbird Ministries. I'm your co-host, Aaron Zimmerman. I'll be joined by Jacob Smith as each week we break down the lectionary readings for the upcoming Sunday to give you something to think about, and if you're a preacher, to give you something to preach about, and no matter who you are, to give you a connection to the never-changing message of God's grace for actual people like you. Unzip that monogrammed faux leather Bible carrying case and cover, pull up a chair, and let's dig in. Well, Jake, uh, here we are getting ready to uh, talk about the readings for All Saints, which means I only have one question for you. What are you going to put on your home ofrenda? <laughs> That's a good question. Um... Uh, definitely, uh, we'll put up some mezcal and some dead flowers. <laughs> so, for our white listeners, uh, an ofrenda <laughs> is sort of like a home shrine that's very common in Latin America, uh, and um, it's around the Day of the Dead, which is, you know, all connected to all souls and all saints and all Hallow's Eve and all that sort of stuff. And so you remember your ancestors, your loved ones, and you put their picture on a little table and you maybe put their favorite uh, whiskey on there or their favorite dessert. There's also, Some, uh, some pan dulces are always right. good. That's right. Little uh, sugar skulls. And, yep. um, and then you can, uh, and the great thing is you can freak your neighbors out. So anyway. It's <laughs> what is this altar? <laughs> yeah. What are you, some kind of... Pagan? You reading horoscopes? So yeah. I think, um, and not to make fun of the occult, we're not a fan of that, but I think the thing that is good about the ofrenda is again the, the remembering of the great cloud of witnesses, those who've gone before. And um, So let's celebrate the good and not, uh, That's not, right. not poop on the, on the custom yeah. of cultures we don't maybe understand. Well, All Saints Day is a very powerful day, and ofrendas are very powerful because they remind us that those who died in the Lord are... Um, are alive in the Lord, as Jesus mm-hmm. says. Our God is the God of the living, and um, and so um, th- these are very important things to remember. That um, those who have uh, gone before us are saints, and uh, they are alive and well in Jesus. Because for God, time is now; it's always now. That's right. And so, um, but we have some great readings from uh, for today. We are reading uh, Revelation chapter seven, verses nine through seventeen. Uh, we're reading 1 John 3, verses 1 through 13, and then we dip into the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. But uh, before we get into the reading, Aaron, do you want to say anything about All Saints or maybe why it's important? Well, I think it's important for our listeners to know that we are both wearing clerical collars for today's recording. We look sharp. <laughs> Apparently, we're both going to court today or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so we look good. We have, no. to, we have to look professional. <laughs> that's right. Every once in a while, we, we do that. Um, we're shaved. It's that's good. right. Clean, like a lamb coming up from the shearer. That's right. uh, so, yeah, I mean, um, All Saints is a day that... Uh, you know, it's preserved in the secular world because it is connected to Halloween. Uh, but because of that, and because of I think a lot of the anti-popery impulses, and I'm not talking about the little uh, pine cones that smell good. I'm mm. talking about you know uh, that that phrase used to describe Roman Catholic practices and to reject them. Oh, um, good. Thank you for clearing that up. Yeah, I just want to make sure. I I love a good potpourri. I mean, just uh, put. I have that stuff all over my house. Scented pine cones coming mm. out of my ears. But 
um, you know, the, the, the Protestant tradition got really nervous around things that were sort of perceived as superstitious and all. And, and so the, um, the observance of all saints, uh, which is, as we've talked about, is to remember both the, you know, the big, the big saints, all those great uh, men and women in the Lord who have died and gone on before, your, your Saints Peter, your Saints Paul, your, your Marys and your Miriams and all that. But um, it's also a time when we are put in mind of, with, in conjunction with all souls, which sort of gets all mushed together, but puts in mind of the great cloud of witnesses, those who've gone before, those who are, who are dead in the Lord, as you've already said, are uh, alive in Christ now. And to remember mm. that it's not just what we see around us now that's the real world. There's this real heavenly realm where these people continue as well. So that's, uh, I mean, that's, that's the point of this of this feast day in the church. It's one of the major feast days. And usually, it, I mean, so it's always on November 1. The, tr- the treat we have this year, this is our Halloween treat, not a trick. All Saints falls actually on a Sunday. And so yeah, we get to pull wonderful. out all the stops and sing the hymns if you're allowed to sing, or at least you can hum them in, to yourself mm-hmm. uh, in this pandemic. So, and, you know, and, and, and I will say, like, it is a good thing to, um, I think, Pull out all the stops to the extent you can for All Saints this year because there are, I mean, 210 plus thousand Americans who've died from coronavirus. There's uh, the and the global toll of that and the the toll yeah. of the the mental health crisis that's come about because the economic downturn and the anxiety and all that sort of stuff. Um, it, to 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 as Christians, we can say something about death that the rest of the world cannot say. We are not the funeral home director who stood up at the end of a graveside service I conducted outside Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania seven years ago, who after I finished this beautiful service with this highlight on the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and that he's the first fruits of that and we all will be resurrected if we're in him, then came up and said, that concludes the service. Just remember, so-and-so lives on in our memories and if you'd like to cast a rose and I don't know it was just like he totally undermined so stupid the reality and the hope of the resurrection yeah so uh, Christians yeah. have something really important to say not just they live on in our memories or you know they go I don't know yeah. ultimately yeah. that's not helpful because right. it's not true I don't know if you've been watching uh, the haunting of Bly Manor I'm not um, the trailer looks terrifying ooh, it is it is good I don't need that in for my a life. Halloween treat okay uh, watch that but uh, there's this great scene where the nanny uh, goes to the little the little girl and boy have lost their parents clearly and um, and uh, the little girl um, the nanny was like you know um, well just remember your mom and dad are always here they're always with you and the little girl looks at her and goes no they're not silly they're dead and <laughs> it's like there's a little theologian of the cross and so but uh, um uh, but you know what i mean i think we we have all of these hypothetics and we're always peering into hidden things when it comes to death and as you said we have something really to say and i think uh and that is that we will be raised from the dead because of jesus and uh, All Saints Day is, this is, if you're ever, if you're a non-denom or a Baptist, pull this one out this year, because as Darren said, it's really important. This is one of the earliest church holidays, and it came about after the Diocletian persecutions when just Christians were butchered left and right, and there were a lot of people who died, and so instead of like remembering, I mean, it got overwhelming to gather all of the names, and uh, this year is going to be overwhelming to gather all of the names for a lot of you in certain places where the pandemics really hit. 
And so it is a great opportunity to remember uh, that we join our voices with angels and archangels and, and all, all the, of company the company of heaven, of baby. Heaven. And so in that moment, uh, you know, we are in, I mean, for lack of better words, but it's going to be a reality, a thin place. Mm -hmm. And uh, for those who die um, and die in the Lord are truly alive. And that which we can only behold and understand by faith, they all see clearly. And that's something to celebrate this year. Um, that death has not had the final word. And yeah. so, and we see that um, there's a clear picture of that in Revelation chapter 7, what the now is for God in Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 17. Give me that sweet, <laughs> sweet segue, Jake. Yeah, so the readings. <laughs> That's my for, job. That's my job. <laughs> the readings for all saints obviously sort of take a break from the lectionary, of course. Uh, there is no Old Testament reading. Uh, and you have you begin with this reading from Revelation. You then have a very short reading from First John for the epistles, uh, and then Matthew five, uh, the Beatitudes. So uh, it's a break, and and so from the lectionary, and you and you're going to have to talk about this stuff if you are preaching for all saints. So in Revelation, there's a there's a number of things we can highlight. First, again, I'll say it every time Revelation comes up in the lectionary. It is the singular. Revelation. It is not plural. There is no S at the end of it. Please don't say revelations. Don't make me come out of your headphones right now and uh, um, flick you on the ear. So the revelation of John, uh, this is his vision of all the saints. This And, and there's a couple of things to underline. It is uh, a great multitude that's beyond count. There's a lot of people that sometimes want to um, make sure there are very few people in heaven. And, no, only uh, the green party. Only the right kind <laughs> of folks. Only the people that agree with me. That's right. And so... Uh, the Episcopal Church welcomes you. <laughs> that's right. Please come in, all five of you. Uh, so, but there's a, it's a great multitude that no one can count. It's also from every nation. All tribes, mm. all peoples, and languages. Again, there's always this tendency to try to make Jesus in our own image and to try to make God in our own image and try to make... I mean, there's people that actually think of Jesus as white or of God as white, and they think of... When they sort of picture heaven, they are not picturing, uh, I don't know, a Benetton ad. They're sort of thinking of something that... Mm. I, they're thinking of Protestant heaven. Um, if you've seen the episode of The Simpsons... Where like yeah, uh, there's two heavens and the Protestant one is all these white Anglo-Saxon Protestants yeah. like Buffy and they're up they're playing croquet and and they're like where's Jesus oh, he's gone native and they look over to Catholic heaven it's all the Irish and all the Mexicans and they're having a blast and it's like a mariachi band anyways sign me up for Catholic heaven so that's right yeah the the um, the, the, the the it's it's everybody it's every language like you're gonna hear Mandarin in heaven you're gonna hear mm. Ladino that weird Romance language dialect from the northern Ooh. region of Italy. You're gonna hear. Can't wait. You're gonna hear Quechua. You're gonna hear uh, all these languages. So if you ever, and, and I just throw this out there, if you've ever been to New York on the Puerto Rican Day Parade and you get mad, you've gotten angry at all these people flooding the streets who don't look like you, for example, or pick your group. Just remember, they're gonna be in heaven. Like that's a picture that John is giving mm. us here of like every multitude of multitude of every language every. T tribe every tongue and this yeah, is something and, that we should remember on all saints 
And I love it that they're standing before the throne and before the Lamb. The symbol of heaven is not like something of power. It's um, it's a lamb, yep. and they're robed in white with palm branches in their hands, signs of victory because of him. And what do they say? They don't say, well, they're with us right here, or they're looking down from some... You know, it says, salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the lamb. This is not abstract. This is very specific. And then you see the, like the four living creatures, in which represent the Gospels, and they all fell on their face in the throne and worshipped God, saying... Amen, which means let it be. Blessings, glory, wisdom, power, and might be to our God forever. Mm. Uh, and that is the, the, solution, the, the salutation there. That is kind of the pledge of heaven, um, that it all belongs to God, and uh, he has brought these folks in. And, um, and so the questions then posed, who are these robed in white, and where have they come from? And he said to him, Sir, you are the one that knows. And then he said to me, These are they who've come out of the great ordeal. This is a very uh, powerful, powerful thing. And I want to say that it's really, um, and they've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. We can speak on that in just a sec. But um, uh, two things to come out here is that, one, they've come out of a great ordeal. And oftentimes, especially living in the West, we want to like um, throw that over to people who've really suffered. But the yeah. truth is, is that if you in New York City, if you've ever ridden the six train <laughs> at uh, eight in the morning, that can be an ordeal. You know, if you've ever sat and trapped like life is an ordeal um, and life can be long and can be hard, as we've been reminded in 2020. And then they've washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. Well, uh, that's because there's no other option. This is all gift. But a beautiful illustration is how does blood make something white? Yeah. What this is is all about reception. And uh, um, I once heard a shepherd tell this story that when lambs, like when a baby ewe is born, um, if the mother dies, if they're not like part of the tribe, um, then the, the other mother lambs will reject that baby ewe unless what they do is they'll nick a mother lamb from the neck and then wipe that ewe in the mother's blood. And then she receives that baby you as that baby lamb. I think mm. that's what a, a lamb is, right? As, yes. a, as, as her own. And, uh, and this is what's going on here, is that they have been uh, received. They have been washed white, a.k.a. they have been purified um, by that blood. Yeah, and for and this course- reason, they're before the throne of God. Yeah, and we have to remember that parable that we talked about a few weeks ago of the great wedding feast uh, and how God gives a robe to, you know, the, the one who holds that feast um, in that parable uh, gives a robe to everybody, you know, the proper wedding garment to come in. And, and this is uh, something that we should kind of a theme that we should connect here that that you get into this incredible um, paradise with God uh, where every tear is wiped away. And uh, because of the blood that has washed you and made you clean. Mm. It's, it's the opposite of having some sort of very exclusive club with a velvet rope and only certain people get in if you know somebody or something like that or you have to bribe the bouncer. It's the opposite of that. It's, um, it's someone has made the way for you. And again, this last passage, this, it's kind of put in this poetic form, this last, the last few verses of this passage, 
are so key, I think, so eminently preachable now in this season. Um, yeah. They're always preachable. They always connect. But even more so now, the level of anxiety. I mean, just the, the jobless numbers, the numbers on anxiety and depression, all these things that are uh, affecting us, to say nothing of the pandemic itself. But it says, if those who are around this throne, they are sheltered. The one who is mm. seated on the throne will shelter them. No hunger, no thirst, no scorching heat, and uh, springs of the water of life, and uh, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Uh, and that picture of who God is is so powerful at this moment. Um, it's I think one of the main jobs of the preacher is to remind people of who God is, because so many people have the wrong idea, and just crazy mm. ideas of God is either distant, God is uncaring, but many people think God is angry at them, uh, and this shows us that God's heart is to welcome you home and wipe all the tears away from your eyes. If you if, right. if you if you have a memory of as a child having some sort of scrape or fall and somebody comforted you in that, that's that's the emotional place that we're getting at here because of the love of God. And this is what we should think of when we think about all saints because. Everybody up there, not up there, that's bad cosmology, everybody who is with the Lord in this place uh, is there because of his grace, not because of our report cards. That's right. And I think that the the guy who uh, had this revelation, John, quite possibly could have been the person who wrote this epistle. Hey, and, that's uh, right. And, he, uh, and he, he says that, like, in the midst of this, you know, and this is something you don't see, you have to hear, but he goes, you know, see what love the Father has given us. Not necessarily by sight, but he's like emphasizing that that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Mm. Like you know, it's a declaration. Well, I don't, you know, everything in my life is falling apart, you know, and uh, you know, and I don't believe I'm a child of God. Well, no, that is what you are. Mm -hmm. And here you see the power of God unto salvation clearly. This isn't an option for you to decide. This is a declaration. You have been called a child, like this is what you need to preach to your people, that you have been called a chil children of God, and that's what you are. doesn't mm. matter what you feel. doesn't matter like what's going on in your life. You are because God has declared it, and Jesus has risen from the dead, and he's now seated upon the throne. Mm. <clears throat> and this is the reason why the world doesn't know us, is that it did not know him. You know, and yeah. the world can't understand this because the world thinks that it has something to do. It doesn't believe this declaration. But nonetheless, it is a declaration. And you are, he emphasizes this. We are God's children now. And what will be has not yet been revealed. And that is like the definition of what faith actually is. It is, as we've said here on the show several times, to believe God despite all evidence to the contrary. Mm. Uh, you, everything you may be experiencing right now says you are an orphan and you have been abandoned. But the word of God coming to you says that you are a child of God. Mm. Yeah, and I think that's so right. John here gets right so many things. Not surprising. It is Holy Scripture. Um, this gift of being loved by God, this gift of being God's children that cannot be shaken. And But his, all, his simultaneous acknowledgement of the fact that even though we are God's children, there's this future revelation of what we are that we kind of we live in this reality now where the you know seminary professors like to say the already not yet um that there's this 
um, dissonance in that we know we are God's children, and yet we continue to binge watch uh, whatever the you know glow or whatever the whatever the thing is, uh, you know, or 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 just live in a way that we don't like, you know, or just fail the people around us that we love, or or not live up to our own ideals, or we we continue to be self-absorbed and petty and. And so we're children of God, and yet all these other things are true. Um, and John says that's okay, because mm. he says, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. So if you feel yeah. like you've not yet seen who you know that redeemed, glorified, perfect, uh, holy person that you'd long to be, well, yeah, no, no, none of us have. Only one mm. person has. Um, and... Uh, and we are kind of in. No. <laughs> yes, he's from Poughkeepsie. Yeah, that's right. No, um, it's Jesus. Everybody. Yeah, that's right. Jesus. In case you're wondering. Yep, that's right. So, anyways, that's that's the that's the deal with uh, with John. Nice short reading. I mean, this is kind of a merciful Sunday. Just these short. I mean, there's a lot you could just, say about him, but the readings aren't long. So, can we can we say something just in case anybody they're like, oh, but I have to do something here, and all gotta who purify have this myself. Hope, in him purify themselves just as he is pure. He's talking oh, about a juice you... cleanse. That's what he's talking about. <laughs> he's talking about kombucha. Carrots, um, apple, <laughs> carrot apple juice with a little bit of ginger. Yeah, so, love, yeah. And, and some, spinach. You gotta, and That'll drink vinegar, apple cider vinegar every morning. That'll purify you. That'll make your insides as white as Anything snow, that so. makes your sphincter clench when you drink it, you know it's good for you. Just... We may Tighten have to edit right that out, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh. but, um, now, what do you what do you think John's talking about right there? Okay, so I think <laughs> come back to me, come back to me, Jake. So, and all who have this hope in Him purify themselves just as He is pure. And I think it's important not to make this a moralistic thing. Yes. Um, you know, this is not saying throw out all your Pantera records. And, this is the reception um, of the promise. This is you exactly I mean? right. So to purify yourself you. is to get rid of legalistic uh, Christianity, to get rid of a law-based way of life, um, to trust, in, get rid of trusting in anything other than Jesus, um, yeah. and uh, put put all your chips on the table for the Lord. Like basically say, uh, it, it's give. What this is is giving up moralism giving up yeah, this uh, is, an ego-driven form of christianity where you're getting it done making the grade it's trusting pure, entirely on him yeah to purify yourself is to, to remind yourself of that see what love the father has given us that's right that we should be called the children of god despite yourself uh, and that's yeah. what we are and uh and uh, you know um that is that's the good news that washes you as white as snow um mm-hmm. settle down don't go by what you see go by what you hear yep and uh, and really, you I mean, well, just this bridges this segues beautifully into Matthew chapter five. But before I just want to say one thing. I mean, remember when Jesus was asked, "What what work must we do mm. uh, to get God to love us?" Yeah, what, what's Jesus, the will of God? Right, and Jesus him. says, "Believe in the one whom He has sent." Amen. Uh, doesn't give him a long list of spiritual to dos, uh, a task list. Just says, "Trust trust Christ." That's yeah. what it means to purify yourself, is because so many, so much of our life is trusting in things other than that, trusting in our own efforts, trusting in our own work, trusting in our pedigree, trusting in your career, trusting in your money, whatever. But it's to purify yourself is to realize you are, as the passage says, a beloved child of God. 
Mm. And uh, just in case you are going by what you see, you know, and you're just wondering what's going on, am I really a child of God? Well, then Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12, really becomes a word of hope for you. Um, this is, you know, this isn't let the be attitudes be our attitude. That's not what it is. Uh-huh. This is this is a description. And, um, uh, and, you know, and it's very powerful the way Matthew is written. You know, last week we looked at Deuteronomy. Uh, this is the next chapter of Deuteronomy, if you will. And, uh, or not Matthew 5, but the gospel is like the continuation of Deuteronomy. Here is Joshua, son of David, leading the way. And this is the Sermon on the Mount. This is the start of the Sermon on the Mount. He's come up out of the wilderness. He's gathered his disciples and he's coming down. This is a type, this is a fulfillment of Moses. Mm-hmm. And he is bringing down, as a messianic figure, blessings. This is yep. what he's doing. And it's not blessed are the poor in spirit if, you know, blessed are you if you're mm-hmm. poor in spirit. It's not blessed are those if you mourn. It's just, this is description. You know, for those of us who are going by what we see, Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. This is description. And, and it's it's incredible because at the end he says, uh, rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven. Mm-hmm. And often we think we get rewarded because we've been such a good boy or such a good girl, uh, that we've done all the good things and um, we've stayed on the straight and narrow. And here, he doesn't really say that. He's, I mean, the people who get rewarded are the ones who mourn, the ones who are meek, the ones who hunger and thirst for righteousness but don't necessarily have it. Yeah. Um, I, I hate this. <laughs> I mean, like, let's just be honest. This is like, this is not blessed. Blessed are those who are living their best life now. Blessed are those who found their purpose. You know, the truth is, is nobody's ever really thinking about that. Maybe you're thinking about your purpose occasionally, maybe at like 11, 8, 11 p.m. at night. But like nobody's really thinking about their purpose. When you're up at night, like you are wrestling with fear, guilt, and shame. You're wrestling with the reality that you're not adding up. And into that, that is this is the flip-flop sense of the gospel. Mm. Is that in this age, if you're wondering why you don't add up, blessed are you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, blessed, you know, this is, this is the description of people who don't add up. Yes. And, you know, I think about the... What just came to mind to me was uh, thinking about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with Gene Wilder, uh, the original oh, and yeah. best film version. Yeah, that's so good. And how little Charlie Bucket, he, they, you know, all these kids get the golden ticket, but only Charlie sort of approaches the whole thing with gratitude and humility, because he is poor in spirit. He like he's at the bottom of the heap, and every each all those other kids basically think that they got the golden ticket because they deserve it for some reason, um, that they're smarter or better or whatever. And, um, and I just, I think basically what this is saying is that all the Charlie Buckets in the world get the golden ticket and Mm. sort of, we're all, we're all Charlie Bucket, uh, that, um, (laughs) our grandparents all sleep in one room. That's what it's saying. No, it's, um, it's, it's basically saying that, uh, the, the, the down and out are, are, which is all of us are seen by God, blessed by God, loved by God. And this is this statement that Jesus makes is sort of fulfilled in a very powerful, beautiful way in that revelation reading that comes at the top uh, for this Sunday. Um, that this, this is the same crowd. This is the crowd when they're on earth, and then we see the same crowd in heaven uh, in Revelation. Um, every tribe, tongue, nation, every people, all, all 
with all the tears getting wiped away. I mean, it's the fulfillment of what we see here. So it's, it's mm. this wonderful sort of loop um, that comes back to where we started. Can I say that uh, Grandpa Joe from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is one of the worst villains of all time? So, you know, <laughs> dude lays in bed the whole time, does nothing. Um, but when there's free chocolate, he's up and dancing. That's right. Come on, man. Uh, you're not wrong. There's nothing wrong with you. What a what a faker, Grandpa Joe. Dude, Grandpa Joe, he just gets worse and worse as that movie Doesn't goes Doesn't lift a finger for hiding decades. Hiding bread, hiding bread, <laughs> hiding chocolate. I mean, the guy is evil. So, but uh, blessed are the blessed are well, not Grandpa Joe. <laughs> <laughs> We're good with Charlie, though. Charlie Buck. So, all right. um, well, gosh, this is a great place to stop. And because and, of a hollow, you know, all, all Hallows Eve, which is the night before All Saints, you know, everybody's just going to be full of chocolate. So maybe, maybe that's why we're thinking about Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. But just uh, to add into that, add into that quarantine weight. That's right. <laughs> The co- so, COVID nineteen has on has taken on a new meaning. Blessed are those who mourn. So uh, <laughs> they're old figure. Okay. <laughs> blessed are those who let out their pants. So, amen. Somebody's looking. Somebody cares. Somebody wonders what you're doing today. You know we crucified him, buried him, but three days later, well, the stone got rolled away. And yes, Thanks for listening to same old song and we hope you found some nuggets that will be helpful either in your preaching or just in your life if you like what you heard we would love it if you could leave a rating or review on itunes dave's all will be sad if you don't we'd like to thank the narrativo group for audio production keep that bible by your bedside ready to rock and roll